Hey everybody, before I kick off today's episode, just a quick note, if you enjoy the content and you like some of the stuff, head over to the website and you can jump onto the daily blog and you get the short little blog post delivered to you each day. Daily blog's been gone for a couple of years and it's really the written word, it's really where I get a lot of inspiration from, a lot of idea generation. So if you like that, jump on and you can receive it each day, John T. Marsh. Dot com. There's a little sign-up box there. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Uh, if you do, feel free to forward it to a friend. This is John Marsh, and you're listening to the Access Potential Podcast. So a couple of days ago, I was on a really interesting call with someone. It was at nighttime and uh, this person runs a, they've got a business, but they're moving into a coaching business and they're looking to grow it, looking to get some more clients. And we were talking about this idea of content generation, you know, podcast, blog, these kinds of things where we express our point of view and we kind of share our thoughts and sort of can be a very powerful tool for a lot of small business in particular service-based businesses. So anyway, they said, look, I love the way you do the blogs and I want to start to do that stuff and create content for my business, but I don't know what to say. I haven't been doing this new stuff for very long and I'm not super confident in it. Plus my audience wouldn't be ready because I'm only just moving into this new area and it's kind of different to what I was doing before. So of course, from the outside, this is one of those sort of can't because statements. Bit of an excuse, if you know what I mean. So I want to share something with you here on this, but bear with me first, because we're going to go back 18 years now. And back then, I used to hang out with a totally different crowd. I was 17 or so. We spent most of our time skating or surfing there was school and work of course but i was the second youngest in my year group so i had a fake id we'd go out uh, listening to rap music it was a pretty different sort of vibe anyway so i was still 17 when i finished up high school and left for australia a lot of us moved on from the auckland area and we moved overseas down south most of us moved away and most of us took this partying and kind of fussing off uh, for what it was, a little bit of fun at the time. But of course, there were a few who took a little bit too far and started to spiral down. You know, drugs, addiction, generally just not a real cool place to be. Uh, but before I headed away to Australia, I was visiting one of my friends, Joey. And we were hanging out. We decided to go out. And it was nighttime. We met another guy, Richard who we called Richie. And apparently Richie had something he wanted to show us. So we followed Richie to this old defunct building. It's a couple of kilometers away from Joey's house. Richie had ridden his bike there. So we met up at this old building and there's there are these piles of huge wooden barrels, like big pirate style old wooden strap barrels uh, that Richie's all excited about. And these barrels are just sitting outside of this dark kind of building. And Richie reckons that these things are filled with bourbon. 
and they're just sitting there. He, he thinks that nobody wants him. And so he's all excited. He's frothing. And it's, you know, probably 11.30 p.m. now. One thing leads to another. And soon the three of us are rolling one of these huge barrels down this kind of rocky hill back to where Joey had parked his mom's wagon. But the thing is, these things are heavy. These are like two or 300 liters when they're full. And we can't control it. And eventually this thing runs out of our control and gets away from us. And so we're sprinting downhill at night after this runaway barrel. And it's going full steam at Joey's mom's station wagon. Eventually the barrel slams into the back of the wagon and it sets off the alarm, which is perfect, right? Because here we are, we've just taken this barrel and the alarm's going off alerting everyone to the fact right so we catch up with it we silence the alarm and we manage to kind of pry open the back door of the wagon even though the door handles now bent and messed up from the impact we're trying to lift this barrel up into the wagon richie's drunk though because that's what he does he'd been on the turps at home before he'd even come out so richie's useless and joey if joey and i effectively hoist this thing into the wagon so anyway we've got this barrel in the back of the car and we look up at where the building was where we'd come from because we hear this cackling laughter like kind of something you'd imagine out of a you know like a horror movie right and there's this silhouette of a guy watching us so we freak out Richie jumps on his bike and just bolts and Joey and I get in the car and take off as well. We all decided to meet at Richie's house and stash this thing and figure out what our next steps were going to be. Because obviously we think we've struck gold with this thing. Uh, Richie's mom is a chemist. She doesn't speak English well. They'd come across from Germany when he was little. And so it made sense that his house was the best place to stash this thing which weighed a ton. His obvious links to chemistry meant that he was going to be the most qualified person to look at it because we didn't know what it was. We didn't know what it was. We didn't know what was inside this thing. And so Richie would have probably have the best chance at figuring it out, not just because of these links to chemistry, but of course his affinity for booze, right? And Joey thinks we can sell the stuff. He's all excited. He wants to put it into flasks and sell it. To all of our mates and he thinks there's going to be a thousand dollars in this easily right when we did all the maths so we just had to make sure that it was drinkable first we didn't know what it was it said overproof on these on this wooden barrel so we figured it was something good so anyway we stashed the stuff we lay low for a while and then because we think maybe someone's noticed maybe someone saw us so we kind of keep it quiet and a few weeks later i come across uh, to Joey's house again late afternoon I think it was a Saturday and there's people swimming in his kind of defunct pool outside there's the rap music playing of course people are skateboarding on this path near the backyard uh, and I look up and there's Richie up on this pitched roof two stories up over concrete tiles drunk as anything and Richie's an athletic kid. He'd grown up doing gymnastics, but he's so plastered he can barely stay up on his feet. He's shouting, hollering, kind of in tune with the music. He's out of it, right? But then the next minute he starts lining up this jump and he's going to try and jump to the pool. He can barely walk straight. So I grab Joey and I'm freaking out. And 
uh, it turns out that Richie's been on the Terps and not just drinking, but he's been testing out all of the stuff from the barrel to see if it's drinkable. So Richie takes a run up and he starts sprinting down the roof along this beam and then he launches himself into the air towards the pool and people are scattering in the pool. Somehow Richie pulls off this perfect, albeit drunk, flip, front flip. He lands in the pool and comes up laughing. I'd almost lost it when he jumped because I figured it was the end for sure, right? Anyway, so next couple of months, we've still got some classes. We're wrapping up school. Everything's kind of getting finished before we all head away and we forget about the barrel. Richie mumbles something one time about the quality being low and kind of plays it down, right? And But then he'd kind of periodically turn up drunk at school. So it was a little bit random. And then one day, Joey uh, calls me and he tells me that he finds out Richie's finished off the entire barrel. We never even found out what it was, but this, it's gone, right? These things are like, like I said, two, three hundred liters. Anyway, so our gold mine is gone and a little bit of a rift opens up between us for a while, but it kind of passes. We forget about it. I go to Australia. Joey heads south to the South Island to study. Richie, though, he starts to spiral. Was it the bourbon? It set it off. Who knows? Anyway, every few years I hear a new story about Richie. He'd gone to spend a few months in the bush with a knife to hunt for pigs, or he'd launch his car off of a sand dune and then the engine fell out of it. Basically, he couldn't catch a break. So anyway, we continue on our lives, and then 17 years later, I go back and visit a couple of these guys, a couple of my old friends. Turns out Richie, during this time, had come up with this idea in the biomedical space, and he'd created built the startup and then he'd recently sold it and the dude's now effectively retired at age 35 i had to laugh because you know it's funny how these things go and it's sometimes not what you'd expect so what's the point that i'm making here well there isn't one right none this 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 podcast this story there's no marketing content here uh, having said that, this is story. This is marketing in and of itself. And I'm going to explain that. So stick with me. If you listen to the story this far, you're engaged with what's called story structure, right? And this is the most effective way that two humans can communicate. It's the most effective way for us to relay a message to each other. And the reason is story is really interesting because it creates an emotional response. So actually a chemical response in the brain, a neurological shift. So whatever it was, excitement, surprise, fear for Richie, hopefully you had some concern for me, of course, but whatever it was, it had you engaged to the point where you wanted to keep going. And that engagement is kind of crazy, right? Because it's actually elevating cortisol to mobilize and to make you alert. And then the empathy side of things uh, cranks up what's called oxytocin. And so then you're hanging out to hear what happens to Richie or to me or whoever resonated with you in the story. And that's kind of the empathy piece. So this story had nothing to do with marketing. 
It has nothing to do with the Access Potential Academy, nothing to do with any of the programs that I run or the work that I do um, with my clients or the people that I work with. But here's the thing, the underlying message here, right? Anybody can do this in any industry. Anyone can come up with their own story, with an idea, with an insight, with an assertion and wrap it around story or perhaps it's an insight that they got from a client or a friend. The idea or the concept that you're in some specific market or some specific industry where it's too sophisticated or the audience, you know, isn't ready for your message is complete crap, right? It makes no sense because as with a lot of the stuff that I talk about, this is humanized, right? Story is humanized. Sure, some people won't like the story. This story, some people won't like your story. This, this story isn't for everyone, right? And that's great because what that means is you can create something that's powerful for someone, okay? So this comes back to our super niche work. We're writing story, we're writing insights, we're creating you know, we call it content, but we're really communicating, hopefully something of value, something with an insight for our super niche, for that specific person that we want to reach, we want to work with. So when we go back to the guy on the call, there's absolutely huge opportunity for him to start to tell the story. Perhaps it's even sharing the story of this transition, right? The thing is these stories are everywhere. This is called story mining, where we look at our past journey and start to come up with these things, these pivots that we can create stories from. Anyway, when you unlock your own ideas and assertions, your own points of view, you know, when you learn to articulate your own stories, you found this golden thread. You don't need to compete anymore because you're expressing who you are and what your assertions are. If you've listened to this episode to this point, and you must have if, if you're hearing this right, then you can see the power of effective storytelling. You know, you can, you can understand the power of creating, let's call it content, but really creating connection that's humanized, right? Connection with your audience. And you can probably imagine how cultivating this more human connection is powerful for your business, right? It's a powerful way for you to connect with your super niche. And at a top level between staff, between colleagues, right? So this connection piece is huge for small business. And if you can see this, if you can sense this, then the thing is, you might be interested in the work that I do, right? You might be interested in one of the programs, the Access Potential Academy or some of the one-to-one -one work that I, that I do with people. Anyway, if that's the case, of course, hit reply and we can connect and find out a little bit more about it. But the main takeaway for you here is that you have a story, you have content, you have ideas, you have this sitting there at the center. It's purely just the practice to unlock it, okay? That's it for this episode. I'll see you on the next one. This is John Marsh. You're listening to the Access Potential Podcast.